The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free-thinking, open-minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing? We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information. Now establishing data link. Accessing. Hello and welcome to uh, Make It So, episode number 32. Uh, this week we are going to be discussing Star Trek Eleven. Hopes and fears yeah. for the near future. Who started this on the forum, Richard? Kazon Nistrum. Kazon Nistrum. Thank you very much. I had it up and then I've put the sound recording program over the top of it, making it pointless, but there you go. Hey, well, that's that's it. Before we get started on that, though, we'd like to um, give a little shout out to uh, the director of Free Enterprise, who uh, has emailed in this morning. Robert Burnett. Robert Burnett and, uh, and his lovely girlfriend. Mary Forrest, who got him onto the show. Excellent. Basically. Excellent. Someone who's directed Free Enterprise has gotten onto this podcast via his girlfriend. Yes. That seems bizarre. But. Well, we talked about women in Star Trek before. Yeah, it's, fair it, play. Works. It, it, it works. It works. It does work. It does work. And it, this is a clear example of that. Um, and he's a fan of the show and he really likes it. Um, and uh, you own Free Enterprise. I like you? his film. You it's like good. his film? He made a film about me and a film about you as well. <laughs> So I liked it. Right. That was, that was pretty much it. Yeah, and he wants to come on the show at some point, doesn't he? And, uh, and he's very welcome to. And him. he wants to defend Star Trek The Motion Picture. I'm so curious as to how he's going to manage to do that. Because you're, you're getting ready for a battle, aren't you? It, it really has to be, because quite frankly, it's the most humorless Star Trek ever to be put into existence. This is what I was thinking about the other day. There's not one joke in Star Trek The Motion Picture. It's like all the others have a, like, a little a bit of humour that goes You have it. to have a little comic relief. A little bit of banter. Situation. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. It's just not even, not even remotely. I really. need to sit and watch it again. I've got yeah. the director's cut at home. It's there. It's just, again, it's one of those, there's something else you could be watching sort of films. Yeah. <laughs> any know. of the other Star Trek films. But yeah, we need to any of that. the Any one of Alison's headache films, mm. all of the others, any of them right. really. It's just an hour and a half of driving, isn't it? Yes. But this is for another show. Anyhow, so yeah, we were very... Star Trek Eleven. Well, we were very impressed to find out that somebody who was actually attached and met Bill Shatner is listening to the show. That was that was quite gobsmacked, actually. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of... You know, I actually read it on my mobile phone it. this morning. I read the email, and it was at like 9.30 in the morning. I wanted to sleep until about midday. And then I read the email, and I started thinking about it, and then I just couldn't go back to sleep again because I was thinking about it too much, and I had to get up. 
Yeah, I did notice that the reply that you sent was like a whole 38 minutes before I got up. I know. Cheeky bugger. Uh, well, and I nearly looked in bed as well. Uh, yeah. On the phone. I always do on a Saturday morning. Just, no, uh, check the emails. Is there anything worth getting out of bed for? Nah. Yeah. Gmail on your phone, people. It's the way forward. <laughs> it's a winner. So let's talk about this film. This is what we, we know a few things about this movie, which is, you know. We know a little bit more than we did. A while, a ago. while ago. It's coming 2008. They've put, they've done a poster. Yes. It's so a, we know it's coming 2008, or so they say. The Spock Blue. Is it going to be a, a summer Kirk film Green. or a Christmas film? Star Trek traditionally is Christmas. Right. It will probably be winter 2008. Yeah. Then. Okay. It's usually around the November, December time, the release times. Yeah. If I remember. No. No, they don't actually have a set time. I'm just, I'm talking bollocks. Insurrection, Nemesis and First Contact were all kind of Christmas releases in the UK. Right. Um, but Generations was a sort of mid-summer release, if I remember correctly. Might be a summer film. Maybe. Put it up against Pirates 4. Maybe. Shrek 4. Spider-Man hey. 4. Spider-Man 4. Star Ocean's Trek 11. 14. Yeah, these, all these new franchises coming along with their third or fourth sequel. Star Trek comes along with number 11 and says, fuck you. And then the new Bond film comes out. And then says, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. True. True. There's always a bigger fish. So... Right. Unless you're James Bond. We know that Mr. Lost, J.J. Abrams... Is going to direct it. Is directing it. Now, I haven't seen Mission Impossible 3. You have and said it was good. I enjoyed it. Right. As a film, it was a piece of shit. Let's be honest, it was Mission Impossible 3. I didn't see it. Right? I, I stopped but it too. as a piece of entertainment in the kind of, let's watch Tom Cruise blow some shit up. It was good hour and a half escapism. There were some brilliant action sequences in it. The helicopter chase through the uh, windmill farm at the beginning was good. All that sort of thing. Give me a point of comparison. Point of comparison. What is it similar to in terms of quality? Are we talking Die Hard 3? I, I was thinking Die Hard 3, but Die Hard 3 is probably better. Right. Are we talking Die Hard 2? No. Not better that, than not Die Hard 2. Better than Die Hard Between 2. Between Die Hard 2 Not as three. good as Die Hard 3. Right, okay. So Maybe yeah. True Lies. True Lies. Now, that's... Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, it that's, wasn't, that's it wasn't pretty a bad good. film. I've got Malik really. on the missile at the but, end. You know, I don't own it on DVD. Put it that way. I've got it on VHS, I think. Mission Impossible 3 on VHS. No. True Lies. I, I, sh- I do want that, actually. Mm. I do like True Lies. It's, good, I, it's a really underrated James Cameron film. That's something from movies you should see, though, really. Um, so what else, is, what else has he directed? Right. Well, as far as I'm aware, feature film-wise, that's it. Oh, God. Um, and obviously the creator of Lost and the creator of um, Alias. Um, given that this sort of status that he's had because of these two being massive hit shows, that was the reason that Tom Cruise actually personally delayed the project because uh, Mission Impossible 3 was actually stuck in development hell for fucking ages. It I did remember take a while to come out. It, it was attached to David Fincher for a while. It was attached to loads of different people. Really? Over the, yeah, you know, that was like pre-Panic pre, pre Room, I'm pretty sure, or just after Panic Room came out. So it's been going, that would been going around for a while. And then it, it got delayed because the somebody got on, someone was attached to it and then they dropped out. And then it got delayed because Tom Cruise decided that the only person for the job, the only man in existence for the job was J.J. Abrams. 
Um, and so they delayed it for a year while he did War of the Worlds and waited until J.J. Abrams was available to direct it, and then he did. Fair enough. So next to his style, this is probably the biggest director or the biggest name director to ever direct a Star Trek film since Robert Wise. Okay, so this it could be good. It could be good because no one. I mean, Nicholas Meyer is brilliant. He, did, you know, as Star well, Trek. Well, he changed two, it to what it is. Yeah, and Star Trek Six. He's brilliant. But mm. the only other thing he's done, I think, was Summerby, Summersby, or something like Jodie Foster film. You know, he was. You you're know, not my husband. You're Richard Gere. You're, no, I'm your husband. No, I'm really. No, you're not. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Bill. Pullman. What a crap idea for a film, guy. Yeah, it's like as if you don't know your husband. Yeah. What and then? But they do kill Richard Gere at the end, so worth a watch for that. Fair enough. Really? It's, got, it's also got J, uh, James L. Jones as a black yeah. judge and All right. being really cool and funny at the end. Because they had a lot of black judges around the Civil War. This is what in, I was thinking. Um, apparently, it did happen though. Apparently, there were. I don't know. This is pointless. Anyway, so yeah, Nicholas Meyer was like you know very very good director, but never really did much more than the Star Trek films. I mean, the two biggest. I couldn't name any more than the three I've just named. So Leonard Nimoy, obviously being Mr. Spark and everything, yeah. is, you know, didn't it, Bill Shatner do one? Bill or two. Shatner did one. Jonathan Frakes and then David Carson. Never heard of David Carson again, did you? I mean, these people and Stephen Stewart Braid, I believe, uh, did Nemesis, who also directed Executive Decision, uh, but he's an editor by trade. He's right. not really a director. He wasn't a feature director. So this is the first time they've actually gotten someone. It would be, you know. It's like them getting in Michael Mann to direct. You know, it's some who's an actual it's a big name, name, a guy. recognized name. I mean, when I think of Lost, I mean, it doesn't exactly inspire me full of confidence because it's not my favorite show. But when I think about it, it it's nothing inherently bad about the way it's made or produced. I I just have issues with the storyline from time to time. Well, there is the flashback issue, but I get the feeling that was the sort of thing that they came in with it on season one, thinking it was a really good idea. And, and it was. now they sort of just stuck with it. Well, the thing that they got, I mean, this is something that's been going around for ages. I don't know how much truth there is in this uh, in this statement, but the idea basically being that Lost turning into a bit of shit over season two and three wasn't actually down to the producers as such because they got a smash hit with season one and then the executives sort of said, well, you're going to have to drag this out now because this is really, really good and making lots of money. And so they'd they always... start dragging it out. Yeah, they'd always planned for it to be like a three-season job and then it then it became much bigger than anyone had anticipated or estimated and it just suddenly, well, we need to make it last seven years. So, you know, they tried to do that and it's a story that could be told in three. So it's not going to work, which is why nothing seemed to happen in season two apart from Michelle Rodriguez getting shot. But, you know, other than that, like... It was a bit, bit crap, but the production values and it's what, very good. I mean, I stand by the pilot, the pilot of Lost, which I think JJ Abrams directed as well, was probably the, one of the greatest television series pilots of all time. You know, now the more we talk about it, the happier I'm getting with that. Yeah. He, it dragged He's done you some in. Good, he he did, did some good stuff. Made me watch it. The hierarchical storyline or whatever, um, being dragged out too long, not necessarily, you cannot, you don't attach necessarily the blame to him. No, he's that. just getting paid. He's just getting Fair paid. Dues. You know, I'd and do it. You can't really argue with the production values of it. Like you say, it's just a long running story. So 
Don't like Jack though. I don't. I don't like him either. He's a whiny little bitch, isn't he? He's Someone just, should slap him. He's he always looks like he was like this with Party of Five as well. He looked like he was constantly going to cry. That's what he looks like. That's it. He Doesn't looks it? like he's about to cry. It's like he's he was as an actor. It's it's like he's perfected the I'm about to cry look, and he uses it every single scene he can. Wow. You know, it's really annoying. And John Locke is annoying. He was so funny and great at first, but now he's crap and Charlie. Well, anyway. He's on a journey, though. He is. He's he on is. a journey. The island told him to. Now, we know this is going to be Kirk and Spock, this movie. Right. Now, this throws up instantaneously. We don't know the, the the Academy. Right. I don't know that we know that, that it's an Academy Day thing. And we don't, even if it's at the Academy, we don't necessarily know that they're going to be shown to be in the same class or something like that. Right. You know? The only thing, right, there's a couple of little problems with this, right? First of all, why do a prequel? Now, we've already discovered that prequels and Star Trek and science fiction franchises in general haven't worked too well over the past five, six years. You know, not, you know, the other big one with Star in the title didn't do very well no, for them not, either. Did it. Um, well, it did well financially. And if you're a film executive, maybe that's what you're thinking about. Maybe, but maybe you should be thinking as well, the fans hate it, really. But, yeah, have any of the Star Trek films ever lost money? Of course not. Um, no, otherwise I wouldn't have made... I think Nemesis was the worst one for it. It wouldn't surprise me. I think Nemesis was probably the most... I think Nemesis was the most expensive Star Trek film ever made, and also, um, well, at least to date anyway, and the one... Now this one is definitely the most expensive, number 11. But I think Nemesis was the most expensive and lost the most amount of money. Well, didn't I don't think it lost any money necessarily, but it just only just broke even, I think. Right. I'm, 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 now I'm saying all this, I am realising that this is complete speculation and I'm sure we'll get a load of emails telling me how wrong I am. But I think that was the case. You're because, wrong, Mike. I love your show, but you're wrong. <laughs> but I think that's the case because it, it, it never never did very well and the, the critics slammed it and there was never any kind of talk of there being beyond the initial release there was never any kind of talk of there being another film. No, there wasn't, was there? No. You know, he's like, well, at least Star Trek Ten was a success. We can still make Eleven if we really want to. Nah, can't really fool Patrick anymore either. You see, if you want to make a further one further on in time, you either have to go with the Enterprise, in which case it's fair to say, first of all, you've lost data. Second of all, they're getting on. Yeah. And so they're perhaps not as tough. But mind you, how much did we work the original cast to death? This is true. There's no one on the origin on the next gen crew that is as any more out of place than everyone in Star Trek Six. Well, the thing is, and they got away with that because they were being retired. You could have had Riker and his ship in it. Yeah, but DS Nine would have been a bit more complicated. You'd have had to bring a lot of characters back. But as I've just said, they got Worf into Insurrection. Yep. Why not get everyone back? Or Wolf into Nemesis. We, I mean, the difference with Deep Space Nine and Next Gen in that respect would be that uh, Next Gen, you only had one character who you had to bring back in. Deep Space Nine, they all go their separate bring ways. Back. At the end of it, I mean, it's only what Kira, Jake, Bashir, and Dax left on the station at the end of it. Everyone else buggers off. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it would have to be a kind of like a recruitment process the film, yeah, like Seven Samurai or something. Um Or you could you couldn't do a Voyager one because just they got rubbish. home. They got home. Yep. And end of story. And, or you'd have to just start a random adventure. 
with a new crew. Now, this was actually something that I remember hearing on the rumor mill. I I heard that as well. Was it was going to be a completely separate entity to any of the previous franchises with a completely separate crew. And I did wonder to myself, I thought, well, it's an interesting idea. I mean, if you set up, say, I mean, maybe a trilogy or like a new new franchise that is exclusively motion picture with a new crew and a new set of characters and whatever, you know, creating the story just completely afresh with nothing connecting it to the any of the television shows. It's actually quite a clever idea. But, but, but you have to argue that the success of the films is inherently based on the success of the television shows and the success of the respective crews involved. So people went to see Nemesis because Captain Picard was in it. Data was in it. People went to see Star Trek 2 because... Spark was, and Kirk and McCoy were in it, you know, because they love those characters from the original series. So would they go to see a Star Trek film just because it was a Star Trek film? Especially having just been bitten by Enterprise. Exactly. We tried a new one and where did it get us? Well. It got us to to Captain Jonathan Archer yeah. and his fucking beagle. I forgot about his beagle. Yeah, you forgot about the dog. I did. I blocked him out. I've kind of edited him out of the... I forgot about Porthos. Porthos. Porthos, who nearly dies on almost every occasion. Yeah, and and even gets them into trouble on a couple of episodes yeah. to the point where someone, a first officer, someone would just say, do we have to have the dog? This is a military vessel. We, you, why are we carting a fucking dog around with us? I know it's yours and you love him and he's cute, but he can, we don't need him. He's, get, he's getting us into trouble. Silly. Idea. As a recent convert to dogmanship, you uh, might have first-hand experience of how I wouldn't dog- take my dog to you work. Would, you wouldn't take Barclay on a spaceship, would you? No. He'd piss in a console. And he- quite frankly, with consoles that temperamental, you really wouldn't want a dog pissing I'm still in. reeling from the pint of seven up into my uh, computer keyboard. <laughs> That's a good one. He can now get his whole head and shoulders up onto my desk. No oh dear. And has a range of about a foot onto the desk. So if it's there, he'll take it. <laughs> And then he runs. He knows when he's got something he's not supposed to have. He just runs. Mm. And you can't catch him because he's faster than me. Hate it. Sorry. Um, This Kirk Spock thing frightens me. Well, It could could go wrong. Like I say, it throws up a couple of problems because, I mean, we don't know. We don't know whether it's at the Academy. We don't know when it's set. We don't know if it's going to be, I don't know, if it's going to be a Kirk Spock thing during the time of the Enterprise, just with different actors. That could How work. would you feel about that if they had someone else playing Kirk and Spock? Very weird. They're probably going to have someone. Well, they, they are. are. They are having. But I mean, the thing which they're kind of doing, which makes them get away with it in my mind, is the fact that they're making it a sort of far before the original series prequel where, you know, having younger men play and having deliberately younger men play Kirk and Spock. So it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you have to. That, I can live with it. Yeah, you can live with what it. What if they do that and have... Shatner and Nimoy in it. Well, Shatner's apparently in it. This is, yeah, that's where as, I was going as, with it. As his granddad or something like that. Um, Hang on, this that isn't too out of place. No. We had Michael Dorn in Star Trek Six. Yes. And still, that was, t- why was he called Worf? Because he's Colonel Worf. Worf, son of Moog, son of Worf. Well, you know, you'd figure that that's how the Klingon names kind of work. Well, clearly it must be. Why is it, yeah, the House of Moog or the House of Worf. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So he's going to be in it. 
Is uh, Leonard going to be along? I do not know. But yeah, he's supposed to be in it, which lends some kind of credibility to the uh, the idea that somebody else is playing Captain Kirk, which, quite frankly, is a bizarre notion. I think I've said before in the show, you know, many people have played James Bond, many people have played Doctor Who, many people have played, you know, so many great fictional characters throughout the years, but there's only ever been one Captain Kirk. That's very true, and I'm happy with that. I was happy with that. There was only ever William Shatner as Captain Kirk, and now that's changed. This is what you get when you have an actor who makes a role his own, which is fair to love him or hate him, think he's good or not. William Shatner is Captain Kirk. He made that character his own to the point where how else would anybody play it? You would have to play it as William Shatner being Captain Kirk. Well, not necessarily. That's the thing, because if you played it as William Shatner, I mean, the obvious... clear route that you'd take would be to do some sort of imitation and you know do the whole big distorted speech pattern you know that kind of thing he's really not that bad he's not that bad i'm exaggerating but you know you you know what i mean you'd have to do that sort of action and you know do it in the kind of william shatner way or would you do what they're sort of talking about with the joker in the new batman film and do a completely different interpretation of it because heath ledger is the joker I'm sorry, the only way that's ever going to work is if he does something completely different with the part. He can't do a Jack Nicholson impression. No, Jack Nicholson is the Joker. That's Jack Nicholson is, is the it. Joker, but yeah, but if he does a Jack Nicholson version of the Joker, it's going to suck. If, however, he does something completely different, makes him low-key, makes him less exuberant or something like that, it could work. Yeah. Um, but... That's a different franchise. Batman has been through so many different incarnations and so many different versions like camper to darker and everything in between that doing that is a completely acceptable alternative. You know, like Burton's Batman films versus Nolan's Batman films are completely different animals. Certainly are. Um, Whereas Star Trek has never had this. I mean, beyond the clear differences between each series, but... It's a whole new cast and crew, so it it. doesn't matter to us. But the style is essentially just the same, you know? I think whatever happens with this film, we're going to see it and we're going to like it for the first day at least. At least. Because I liked episode episode one, two, and three for the first day. And I think it's going to do well on the basis that it is Star Trek, or it will at least get the Star Trek fans. Well, the thing is... Which I think we've seen there are quite a few out there. I think the fact that Jade... I think it comes back to J.J. Abrams. I mean, beyond the, the obvious continuity problems, that if it's something said at the Academy, what the hell is Spock doing there? Spock was in set first officer of the Enterprise for 10 years prior to Kirk even showing up. They're not the same age. Spock is something like... He's much older. He's much older than Kirk. Um, why would they be at the Academy at the same time? So that wouldn't make any sense. We don't know that that's what the plot line's going to be, but that's that wouldn't make any sense first off. So I'm very curious as to what the hell is going to happen with the plot line. Um, I'm also, just trying to see if... Keep talking. I'm just yeah. There. Also, how retro are they going to make this? Is it going to be... You know, I mean, the sequence that we're always reminded of is in uh, Relics in season six of uh, Next Gen when Scotty goes onto the bridge of the Enterprise. Do you remember that scene? Yes. Uh, On the holodeck. How bad and out of place did that seem? Because suddenly you kind of accepted Mm -hmm. the original series as a separate 1960s entity that was dated and looked a bit odd. It's the same when they did the thing in Deep Space Nine, Trouble and Tribulations, 
And then they went back and they're all wearing the crappy 60s uniforms again. And it just felt a little weird to see that old was Trek. ever so well done, And new though. Trek it was, but it's so overrated, that episode. I love it. I'm they, sorry. I know, but they put it on like the top. You've seen that top 50 episodes yeah, listing. Yeah. That's like the highest rated Deep Space Nine episode really? ever. Really? It's like, what? It's just an original series fanfare. It's really not that great. It's going to be, this film's going to be released on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day? 2008. So Boxing Day here then. Nothing gets released on Christmas Day here. Why does anything get released on Christmas Day anywhere? I don't know. Maybe America. Especially in America. Who, who in the, one of the most Christian countries in the world isn't going, is going to the cinema on Christmas Day? That's true. I mean, really, the cinemas would be, Ah, there was a cinema open. The Bradford Cineworld is open on Christmas Day. You're joking. Nope. What's it showing? Uh, Bollywood films. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Of course, there is a great population that don't celebrate Christmas. Yep. Fair enough. But I think that was the only one, or it might have been not, no, it might not be the Burton. It was, might have been the Burton one, I can't remember. Anyway, one of the Cineworlds. So was, what, what are our hopes for this film? Right. Okay. We, um, we want some continuity, please. Some continuity would be nice, but I wouldn't really mind if you disregarded it like you did initially with the ridges on the Klingons. That wouldn't have been too bad, um, as long as you don't try to do some knowing winks to it. I mean, if you go back and they're yeah. wearing, you know, modern uniforms or, you know, a new sort of revamped uniform and they're not wearing the sort of camp 60s gear, I wouldn't have a problem with that. No, we like, we're happy with the way the Klingons are done nowadays. Yeah, but I mean, That's I mean, right. just generally, I mean, the visual effects aren't going to, like, Going back in time, the visual effects aren't going to match, just like Enterprise doesn't match. No, but the I'm okay series. with CG in it because it's yeah. going to look good these days. And they'll yep. probably get ILM to do it and yep. it'll probably look shit up, if yep. we're honest. So fine with that. Hey, they probably just, it, this probably means they won't reuse old special effects footage like they have in the other movies. Yep. You know, we know that Lurser and Beto's uh, Bird of Prey exploding in generations is exactly the, the same, same shot. The same shot. As the end of Star Trek That was 6. so cheap. I mean, did you really think we wouldn't notice? Yeah, it's such a distinctive one, isn't it? It's like boom on one wing, boom on another wing, boom, 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 and head explodes, boom. That's it. It was such a distinctive explosion. Like, how would you not notice? Why don't you just put the Death Star exploding in there, yeah. for God's sake? <laughs> it was so cheap. I don't know why they didn't do it either. It's not like it costs much. Um, yeah, it's models. You're not blowing up a bird of prey. No. Or a feature, you know, it's a feature length film, for fuck's sake, with big money. Yeah, what is she spending money on? You know. I don't know. I don't sleepy. know. Slice Malcolm McDowell's feet in half or something. I don't know. So we've got that. Um, CG, that'd be good. I hope they don't use named actors. Then again, you know, because Matt Damon has been speculated over. <laughs> Although that's none of our business. Uh, yeah. Well, Matt Damon is Captain Kirk. I mean, that's it. Who would you want as Kirk and Spock? If you I don't have recast? a problem with Matt Damon. I don't mind him at all. But there's never been... There's never been another the big, Kirk. The big name... Well, there's never been big named actors coming into Star Trek in major roles like that. Well, Guinan, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, I mean, Brad... Uh, Matt Damon is a very big name at the moment. He is a very, he's probably, he would be the biggest one that they'd yeah. ever had if they had him in. But then there's always speculation like this. There was like, um, Nemesis, when Nemesis was being in the initial stages, like Jude Law was apparently rumored to be Shinzon. Could have been. Could have been. Never, never going to happen. He was too big an actor. Um, you know, you've got to pay Patrick Stewart's fees. So how are you going to afford? 
you know. But then again, there's, there's something like an estimated 240 million for this Star Trek film. Jesus Christ. It's a huge amount of money. This might be amazing, you know. It might be absolutely incredible. But there's just going to be little things, and it's little, I don't know, there's just... Do you know who should play Kirk? Who? Me. You, yeah. I mean, I'd be awful, but I, I'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be Spock. Yeah, uh, we should do this. <laughs> we just wanted to be extras. Yeah. But if we could play Kirk and the Spock, If anyone we'll out there is, is listening from the production of uh, Star Trek XI, me and Richard will quite happily be ensigns on the bridge. Or and something. I'll tell and, you, you know, now, I don't know. Yeah. If you want to give us the Kirk and the Spock roles, we'll do it for a fraction of the cost of Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Just free flights out to LA. Just flyers out. And some food for six weeks. We'll do it. That's fine. And I get to keep any uniform. Yeah. But actually, no, if I could be an ensign blown up over a security panel. That's, yeah, you'd want a, a console to blow up. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need a line. Or is it just halfway through a line? Yeah. Half a line. A- Look out for the... Boom. Yeah. Something like that. Brilliant. Mm. That would be awesome. Or, or I wouldn't mind being the ensign that dies to prove how serious the situation is or something like that. Oh, that's a on, good one. On the away mission. That'd be good. He got killed. This is serious now. Mm. Oh. oh. Fanboy wet dreams. Anyway, <laughs> Brian, Brian Singer got a part in it, so maybe, I don't know. He directed The Usual Suspects. I know. We do a podcast. doing a podcast. We're not really. We do lots of podcasts, actually. We do. I'll tell you some figures. Uh, after the show. Excellent. Cool. So, <laughs> so, right, well, okay. JJ, I think he's a good thing. I'm happy with him now. We're happy with a good, he's a good thing. He's going to be an interesting visual director who's going to do something very different with it, probably give it a bit more of a raw kind of Nicholas Meyer edge. Yeah, no pressure, um, JJ. No, no, pressure. no pressure at all. But he's going to, you know, he's not going to be two takes Frakes. I mean, I like Jonathan Frakes' directions and everything else, but I think he is still a bit... Two freaks, two takes freaks. You know, I mean, he doesn't take. I his feel time. bad. You know what? Now I know, and I sort of always wondered anyway that there are people in LA listening. Yeah, I start to wonder: Are any of these casting crew of any of the Star Trek franchises listening to us? I hope because not. If I if I had been on Star Trek as a major character, I'd probably listen to shit like this. I wouldn't. They, and I just, they get it I all the time. I just start thinking, you know, I, I don't want to They're too Jonathan busy to be listening to this. Because really, and I feel bad about this as I realise this, thinking about the movie Free Enterprise, it's not just William Shatner. Yeah. It's, it's all of them. Mm. In my mind, William Reich is a real person. Well, I've seen, I think you've seen interviews with Jonathan Frakes and he seems like a really, really nice, likable guy. I'm sure and, he is. And they said like they put in, uh, he was saying in the first season of Next Gen, he was like playing it really seriously and Gene Roddenberry told him, no, nah, I want you to put more Frakes into Riker. So uh, as they went along, they put more into, well, put more and more. Maybe he's he became, actually like William Riker. He, I think he's, they're fairly similar approximations and. And I just have to constantly remind myself, no, no, they're actors, you know. Yeah. They're just, they're people, they're actors. You know actors, you've met actors, you've worked with actors, you've yeah. shouted at actors. I've dated actors, yeah. It's- dated act all of these things. Yeah. And it's just strange because I wouldn't have that with anyone else from, you know, if I met uh, what uh, the guy who played Spider-Man. Yeah. I wouldn't think, oh, you're Spider-Man. No. 
because if you, know, you met if you met Jonathan Frakes, you would be like your, I, your commander. That's Riker. what I worry about: the fact that if were I ever to meet any of these people, as much as I would loathe it, I'd probably become a gibbering wreck. Mm. I would have to be given half an hour to get over it to be able to talk to people. You'd like get starstruck. You'd just be yeah. <laughs> and it's just because it's Star Trek, and I feel quite happy with that, yet quite sad about that at the same time. The crew of the Enterprise D saw me through my childhood, you know, saw me through puberty, you know, up to, up to puberty and then DS9 took over. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. they're, they're that important. I mean, I mean, that was all I used to watch from the age of about eight to 15. Me too. Terrible. That was it. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> You know what I mean? It's so important to your life. <laughs> and, and we've gone through this before, but it does make you so much more intelligent and charismatic as well. Anyway, <laughs> Everything so, I know about pulling women, I learned from, from Jonathan Frey. Exactly. There's just no getting around that fact. It might be incredibly sad and, and depressing, yep. but it's true. Yep. And, I've, and you know, do you know what? It, it bloody always worked. Yep. You know? Yep. There, there are never any problems there. Nope. I, it's terrible. Terrible. And I'm, I, everything I'm I know about diplomacy, in- I learned from John Luke Picard. Everything, you know, you know about hypocrisy and knowing about the human condition you learn from data i mean everything you know it was like school on tv weird tangent here i know but hopefully this new film will have some of those things in it yeah i think i, I hope I'm it's not it for it i mean i hope there's something sci-fi in there as well because i mean i mean i know that sounds daft to say a star trek movie has something sci-fi in it but i mean in terms of something you know good old trek you know good old sort of something amazing because the problem with some of them was that, you know, a nemesis became a bit bottom of the barrel sci-fi or this person's you, but he's not you. And, you know, and big battles and everything. And there is a danger with Star Trek films that they become about the big battles and the big events and, and stuff like that. And I mean, okay, with Deep Space Nine, we accept that that's readily what it's about. It's a, it's war, you know? Okay. Yeah. But with an all more, Star Trek movie, I don't want it to be all big battles and big phase of fights. I want there to be some sort of Star Trek sci-fi in there, be that the humor or the philosophy or, you know, something interesting. You know, I mean, the best episodes of Next Gen or the original series are things like Darmok and, uh, you know, those those ones that they're the ones that... Darmok. Hey? You hate Darmok. Darmok. Darmok and Telegraph. You're talking metaphor. Yes, I've worked it out after... 35 minutes but you know what I mean it is overrated but you know what I mean like in terms of the in terms of a sci-fi idea yeah it's a cracking idea I see what you mean and it's those sort of things you know and they're gonna those sort of things tend to get a little lost in the film sometimes I agree with you I'd like to see more of that fair enough fair enough and and we could be blown up in the background yeah as well that would be fine you can stick a battle at the end I won't won't have a problem with that. No, I'm I'm happy with battles. Yeah. I'm happy with battles. Yeah. Battles are fine. Yeah. Uh, and all that sort of thing. Um, is there anything else to talk about in this one? Is there well, any other points you'd like to make? Get um get old uh James Horner back to do the score, please. Oh of course. The music please. is an integral part of, of Star Trek. Please get James Horner. Get James Horner back. He does a cracking job. Yes. I uh, don't know what he's Jerry's doing at the moment. Jerry's gone, Jerry's died. I mean, and he who was else good. is there? He was good, but 
Yeah, get Jim, get Jimmy back. Okay. Okay. Thank you. For Thank listening. you. Uh, if you'd like to check out some of our other shows, I think you might enjoy them. Uh, there's movies you should see. Yes. The world's greatest movie podcast. Yes, this week we are see, I reviewing started, I started, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. And I started saying that and it came true. What? The, now we are the world's greatest movie podcast. Not necessarily the greatest. We're certainly one of the most popular though. Uh, greatest. In Britain. I don't know how you define We haven't really greatest. conquered the US either. Well, not yet. Not yet. The greatest. <laughs> and there's Weekend Watches <laughs> and The Definitive Word. And do you, and, think, that's do you think that's, that's bollocks? just bollocks? Quite pleased with that one. Did you? Do you, are you? Have you been listening to that one? Yet? I don't. That's the only one I don't listen to, just because it would feel like I'm listening to you all the it's time. It's not always just me, no. but you would be listening to me all the time. Yeah, and the and defini- I spend a great deal of time with you already listening to me. Yes. So, well, it's like I've taped the bits you've missed. Mm. Weekend watches. I can't. I sometimes have to turn it off because I just have to shout at you so much. <laughs> I say things knowing you're shouting at me. Just really annoys me. Just can't. Just like it's like having was that that bad in the last one. It, well, no, but I, I mean, was much better in the last one. You were much better in the last it's one. Just but you just Shakespeare thing you're on about. Not it? even that. There were other things I can't remember what they were. But it's like having an argue an argument with you, but you can't hear me. And you made your statements two days ago. It's awful. You're just like, no, Richard, shut up. Uh, <laughs> you can't hear me. I'm talking to a podcast. I'm sure people do that with us as well. Yeah, I'm sure they do. And uh, then they email us. Yeah. If you'd like to email us and tell us precisely what we got wrong, uh, it's make it so at simplysyndicated.com. I'm sure we got something wrong here because this is probably the poorest researched episode ever. We kind of just went, eh, and just yeah. did it, didn't we? I thought we did well, actually. Oh, did you? quite interested by us. Oh. Um, we have a forum, simplysyndicated.com slash make it so slash forum. Yeah, on the forum, uh, the episode 31, Fred. Um, I've been absolutely loving that. Uh, we have some intelligent fans. We do. As we do. proven by what we said about people who like Star Trek. Indeed. Um, and uh, the continually argumentative and... Uh, but not in a bitter way, in a kind of intelligent debating kind of way. Which is um, what we like, intelligent yeah, debate. I, I, I still think I'm right, but uh, but I enjoyed the debate. I think you're right too, if that helps. Well, we both were arguing for the case, weren't we, really? Yeah, I think uh, Alison thought you were right. No, no, was Alison was kind of on she the other was side. On the yeah. other side, yeah. yeah. Bless her. Mm. So right. That's, that's it. Oh, you can go and vote for us on Podcast Alley. You can go and dig us on Dig. Or you can go and write a review in iTunes. Mm. That would be smashing. And, mm. uh, is that, yeah, that's everything that for now. Okay. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Ta-da.